0: The song that's stuck in my head is um, "Hang On." Put it in the mic. I don't know this one. Cause I was at the balloon festival. They were playing it. Uh huh. What's the cor- is this the chorus already up no, This is straight seventies.
1: Where where the whole song's a chorus?
0: Wait, well, <laughs> here you go. Up and away, my beautiful, my beautiful
1: balloon. Wow, very fitting for that. <laughs> Incredibly on topic. <laughs> right that on. The, is, right on the nose. That might be a little too on the nose,
0: honestly. <laughs> it was perfect. I'm like, wow, I mean, that was a serious flashback yeah. to my childhood because wow. my parents were totally into that balloons. They were balloon heads. They weren't balloon heads, they but were that 70s was just disco. Heads. That was a 70s disco hit back in um, the day. Yeah. Cool. All right, you ready to roll? Yeah. All right, we're rolling. Up, up and away.
1: Up, up and away. Beautiful, my beautiful, beautiful balloon. balloon. <laughs> what's up, filmmakers and movie goers? We are
0: not quitting our day jobs. No, we are not. <laughs> we were not singing today.
1: a '70s classic there. I don't even know what, what's that called. Up, there? up and away up. by Fifth Dimension. Wow. Up, up and away.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised that's not in the movie Up. Now that I've heard it. That, that would have been, you know what that would have been a perfect song for. Well, that. maybe it's too on the nose. Yeah, just like, maybe. uh Just like what you did today. What'd you go do today? I was at the balloon festival out in Goodyear, Arizona. Yeah. There was probably I don't know two dozen or more balloons out there. Hot air balloons. Yeah, and just little little balloons. Yeah, like, just a little balloon. Yeah, yeah. like everybody yeah. walking around with little balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Only two dozen. Right. <laughs> oh man, well that's cool. Did you get up go up in one? We did. Uh It was. I I drugged the family out at like 6.30 in the morning. That's early. It it was early for the teenagers, mm-hmm. but uh, they got up and... It was a brisk January, too. Oh, it was 45 degrees out this morning. Yeah, so yeah. cold here in the desert. Uh, and I just said, hey, make sure you're wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're wearing pants. The, the youngest one likes wearing shorts everywhere. Oh, We're like, oh, no, yeah. no, no. She had a sweatshirt on. So she gets on. from you. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. had a sweatshirt on <laughs> and shorts. Right? No. Put some pants on. Yeah. And uh we just went on a tethered ride. Oh, cool. They they were doing full on balloon rides, but it's like two, three hundred bucks per person. Oh, per
1: person. Oh geez, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't have fifteen hundred dollars laying around <laughs> just to go just do to, that. You're Hang on a balloon. Um but what's fascinating to me is how do they steer those things? Okay, how to do Because 'cause I've never I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were out I guess there with were tethered, all the balloon so you, yeah, heads know, and we right? don't we have we still don't know. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh. If you if you have any insight into hot air balloons, please please tweet at us or at us at the Easy Podcast. because yeah. we have no idea. How or this if works.
0: you're the mer- at the mercy of the wind, I'm. Pr- I mean, yeah. How do you fight that? Yeah, I don't know. You just drop down. I don't know. But uh, oh, that's cool. Um. Yeah, I haven't been
1: doing a whole lot. Uh. Just kind of been busy with some work stuff. But other than that, um, wait. You
0: you you haven't been playing Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> so you brought this up you brought it i up. did bring it up because i haven't played it in I, two weeks w- are you feeling well yeah i'm all right i, I don't you're looking a little pale i actually I mean, can't bring myself to finish it <laughs> what yeah i know what <laughs> yeah. what what's wrong
1: i only have like like two more missions left but i just can't i can't do it because something about like once it's over it's over
0: but it sounds like it's already over I mean, for you. It's, it's, I mean, you yeah. haven't touched it in two weeks. Like, oh, no. like there's, I know. What's I'll wrong? Get back on it. When I get back
1: from Africa, I'll get back on it, which, by the oh, way. Oh,
0: Africa. Yeah.
1: So going to Africa. What's up with that? Um, I'll talk more about it in, uh, next week. Okay. But yeah, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to do some filming there um, in Liberia. Wow. Uh, so my first time in Africa. Never been It there. is? Yeah. Never so did you been get there. all
0: the shots and everything? Yellow fever. Yeah.
1: Required. Still waiting on my passport to come back from uh, the embassy of Liberia. So,
0: oh, for your visa, yeah. yeah, For my visa. So, hopefully,
1: that comes back in time. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be, you know, I I filmed in in South America and uh, I've gone to, you know, a few other uh, European countries, but uh, I haven't been to Africa and I think it's going to be, I'm expecting it to be a lot like South America. Um, but as far more, as temperature I, I, wise, I guess, and yeah, wise, like humidity and, just, and, and, yeah. and, 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 kind of, you know, uh, dust, dust roads and dirt roads and, in you know, lots, lots of dust. I'm just expecting lots of dirt. So we bought a lot of sensor cleaner and a lot of, you right. know, uh, lens cleaner and everything. So yeah, we're getting pretty prepared for it, but yeah, we leave on the, on the seventh. So I'll be, I'll be over there for 10 days.
0: And what exactly are you filming? What's the well, uh, Eric?
1: That's a great question that I'll answer next episode. Oh, okay. So if you want to hear more about the, uh, Liberia pre-production that we're doing, uh, check out next week's episode and I'll get into that.
0: Yeah. I look forward to diving into that because I've, I've done some shooting in central America um, as well as Europe but I've never been to Africa yeah and it's, it's a always a very big continent it's always fascinating to me when you're traveling internationally with re- regards to what gear do you take what gear do you not take you know how do you prep for it in yeah. that, you know in that whole nine because my first experience um, now this wasn't internationally but my first experience dealing with weather was I was shooting the Bonnaroo festival in Tennessee and it's if you've ever been in Tennessee in June it's humid. Yeah. And so I'm chilling in the media tent and you know it's it's AC, it's comfy. I get my gear out, I'm prepping everything and as soon as I stepped out of the tent, yep. boom, lens fogged up. Yeah. And like it took a good 15 to 20 minutes before the temperature of the lens and every, I mean, it was yeah, a mess. That's something that I <laughs> learned really early on in like
1: my filmmaking career. Cause I, you know, I basically started out in Florida. Oh yeah. And so that's like humid central there. Uh huh. And I, yeah, we learned real early, like you build your gear outside. Yeah. Like you do it in a tent or whatever, but it's out in the, in the elements. Right. Because, if, yeah, if you're if you're building it in your car or your van or your grip truck or whatever, and then you go outside, you're waiting 30 minutes yep. for it to all acclimate. Yep. So yeah, I I I'm curious to see how. I mean, Columbia, which is where I shot last, was was pretty humid, but it wasn't it wasn't walk outside of the of the bus that we were in and 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 go outside and and, and everything fogged up. It wasn't that bad. I think this might be worse. Yeah. Um, from what I hear, this is kind of like their summer. I guess right now. I mean, oh, it's, yeah.
0: it's in the, it's. So it's considered Southern Hemisphere. I guess so. are on the other side of It must be. I mean, somebody water. told me
1: that I might be wrong. Somebody correct me if I am, but um, yeah. No, that
0: makes sense. I think most of
1: Africa. I think it's is low southern, enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Hemisphere. So I'll be really curious to see kind of, kind of what elements we, we, we tackle, but um, me and another guy are going. So. Uh, yeah, we're we're keeping it pretty stripped down, but I'll get into gear detail and, and stuff like that next
0: week. But yeah, cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So, um, you been up to anything else? Um. Well, let's see. Last week I went to Barrett Jackson. Yeah, I did. I I haven't posted any video or done any editing at all this year to that your YouTube to my YouTube channel. Yeah, that was my first video, and. Um, the primary reason why I wanted to go was obviously you see fancy cars. Oh, I've yeah. never been to Barrett Jackson. Yeah. I've seen it on this show. Oh, you've never been. I've that was my first time. Oh man. And it was super cool. Yeah. Um, no pun intended because I was there to see the Supra. 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 Cool. cool. Oh man. Dad jokes for days. <laughs> That's me. Oh uh, yeah. Um, which they auctioned off the very first production. Supra oh, it was a production for the production 2020. One. I was thinking it was a concept. The one. no, it's a production. That's the wow. 2020 Supra that's being released, and that was the very first one. And the serial number is 2021. Oh, so that's cool. two zero two zero one. Yeah. And that auction for two point one million dollars. <sighs> cool thing about that was is that the auction benefited. Like Toyota donated the car to Barry Jackson. Barry Jackson auctioned it off. And the proceeds go to Stanford Heroes. Oh, okay. As well as the American Heart Association. That's so cool. people, there. It was. It wasn't just Barrett Jackson to it yeah, making two point one million. Bucks. Exactly, yeah, which well, was really cool. cool. Yeah. You know, I was like, I can get behind. It's that. a little easier to swallow. Yeah, but I, it's a two million dollar Supra. Um, I'm like, mm, that, I bet you. You know, I wonder if a lot of that though, it was because of the probably the yeah yeah. Uh, what am I trying to say? because of the the ben, the the benefit yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. the charity that's the, the word i was yes. looking for the charity uh the that yeah, they did up the going the philanthropy up that high. Yeah. I,
1: I bet if they sold you know the 2022 it wouldn't sell for that much no it's going to be whatever it wouldn't it even be close costs, yeah, yeah it'd be 100 grand or whatever yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Um, yeah. Did you post anything uh, on your Instagram besides on your story, which is probably gone by the time people listen to this?
0: Oh, no. Yeah. There's, I'm posting pictures. Um, and I had to kind of weigh that out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to post these. People are going to hit my Instagram now thinking I'm a car guy, right? And right that's right. all I do. Yeah. Um, but I thought, hey, you know, these were some cool shots. And I, I really have a hard time posting regularly to Instagram. Yeah, we and know. And so I'm I'm trying to change that. You do post on your story quite a bit, but then it's, it's yeah gone. Yeah, and and well, because I think the story I I posted my story thinking like, okay, this is just stuff that's happening. Sure, nothing which, that needs to be memorized. Yeah, yeah, it's not. And and all the input and feedback that I've gotten from other successful Instagrammers, they're always saying, okay, keep your keep your feed your regular feed consistent. And dude, if my feed isn't ADHD, it's so like all over the place. It's camera gear. It's uh and now and guess what's coming? Balloons. Oh balloons. Balloons are coming. Here we go. But it was car, you know, I'm just there all over you know, and you look at these 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 travel vloggers and it's all these beautiful beaches and that kind of thing. And their whole feed is that. Right. And so there isn't any consistency to my feed, which is probably why I don't do better on Instagram, but at the same whatever. time, though, man,
1: I, I mean, I get it for a business, but I have such a, I have such a love hate relationship with Instagram where yeah. I, I don't, you know, there is the, what, what's the, uh, the, the FOMO fear of missing out or right. whatever. Yep. And it's, it isn't, it's a, it's an actual issue. Like I firmly believe that is an issue that some people have psychologically. And man, I, I, sometimes I just want to post a picture of my dog. Yes. I don't care. You I've know, seen your dog. Yeah, and, and, and like you, it doesn't always have to be this crazy and you, and elaborate And your dog's shot. cute.
0: Yeah, my dog is cute. Man. And you take good photos. Wow, I got that iPhone. Okay, to let's ask, talk you about know? that for a second. Let's talk about. Yeah, you do have a better. <laughs> you have a better phone than I do. Um, I'm You're not, talking about my dogs. I'm not bitter. No, taking photos. Oh, okay, yeah, right. So I take the A7s. Uh huh. And you you left me the extra battery, which is really cool. I appreciated that. And were they both dead? No. Oh, good. <laughs> put the camera in my bag. I'm like all excited. I'm going to take some better shots. You forgot your bag, didn't you? No, I took the bag. Okay. All right. Where's this going? I take the camera out because I'm not going to take the whole bag in. I'm just going to take know, the camera. I now know where this is going. And I, I and I put the battery in. I've got my I've got my Osmo for the phone because I'm going to shoot some video. I want to stabilize blah 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 blah. And then I and I and I open up and I'm like, oh, I, I close the car. I'm already like 20 feet away, yeah. and it dawns on me. Oop, oop. Memory card. Uh huh. Guess what? I forgot. Memory card. Memory cards. Yep. <laughs> and I usually kept them in my bag, but yeah. because I haven't been taking a lot of photos with a actually legit camera. Yeah. Yeah. I left them on my desk. Okay. Well, here's a little. Uh, here's a little photo fail. Yeah, that's
1: a photo <laughs> fail for sure. Here's a little. Uh, here's a little workaround, a Little MacGyver trick. Um, if you happen to have a camera that has a Wi-Fi mode, almost all of them have. A, an, app, an app that you can right. use to take the photos and it uh, saves proxy versions to your phone. So if you're ever in that situation where you're out in the field and you forgot your camera and you, I mean, the, granted they're not raw, they're not the highest quality, sure, that you but, can they're get. Probably, but if you want to do some quick event photos,
0: yeah. JPEG, right? Like yeah. Large JPEG. Yeah.
1: Um, use the app. I think it's called play memories for the Sony. Um, so download yeah. that app, connect to the, yeah. connect to your phone or connect your phone to your, 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 your camera. Sorry. And then just snap some pictures
0: with your phone. This is a great hack. I mean. This is a great. If you're listening to the podcast, Zach is bringing some great value right now with a hack. If you happen to do a fail like I did, I wish I would have known this, yeah, this trick been early. Three hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been fantastic this morning. I'm like, oh, I got this. Boom. Yeah. Like the tech is there. It's just, do you know? Yeah. and. It's that, funny that, 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 that yeah, I beneficial. mean that's <laughs> that's a situation
1: that I feel like I, I I encounter issues not exactly like that all the time, but something similar where I have to immediately think of like a weird MacGyver trick to get it to work. Yeah. And that was that's one that like immediately came to mind. I was like, well I had the play memories app on my phone, I could have just done that. But yeah, so now next time that's you know cool. yeah, uh, that's really again, cool. Again, again, nothing you would want to to print or post right, you know, on your website, but if right. you're just posting to Instagram or something, right. Totally worth it. Um, I don't think it saves videos, though. So yeah. I think it's just photos.
0: But. Yeah, but that's a cool hack. Well, there you go. There's yeah.
1: there's your one tip of this episode. If you learn nothing else from the rest of this podcast, I've given one thing.
0: We're just trying to bring you guys the best value <laughs> we can, and Zach is full of tips and tricks. Hopefully, I'll
1: have better tips and tricks eventually yeah. <laughs> that actually you might be able to use. So, um,
0: man, what have you been watching? There's been a lot of stuff out lately. Oh snap. Dude, um what have I so I've watched. I watched Glass. I watched Free Solo. Mm-hmm. I watched um, both of which we're going to talk about. I watched uh hmm TV. Uh this series on Netflix called You. Watched that. I don't know that one. Um teen drama? No, it's it's kind of a it's a weird this this guy's like a social oh, media stalker. Okay. He stalks this girl. He makes her his girlfriend yeah, an ad for this on Instagram. He I think. kills her ex-boyfriend oh. like he's, he's homicidal, but he's like, he's very careful. He's very you know, like, he cleans up. I mean, so Dexter, it's, it's kind of like Dexter for creepy stalker guy. Oh. Like he's creepy stalker guy. It's cre- creepy social stalker guy.
1: But isn't he like good looking?
0: He's good, yeah. He and here's the thing is <laughs> that all these women on social media are like gushing over the guy, yeah, um, including but he my wants a certain one daughter and oh my, oh you well, mean you know, mean in real
1: life? Yeah yeah, yeah. no in real life yeah, yeah, okay. and
0: and so the, and they're all talking about I wish he would kidnap me wow. or or you can lock me up. like these really <laughs> kind, like desperate like Jeez. like come on ladies, let's not be that desperate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, but they're like, he can totally like lock me in a box or whatever. Wow. I mean, cause he has this, this in his, in the basement of this place, he's got this um, hermetically sealed glass box where it has the, it's temperature controlled and everything okay. because it has these old vintage books in there. Oh, okay. And yeah. his dad actually locked him in there when he was a kid. Yikes. Yeah. So he's got the you know, he's yeah. tweaked. No, I mean there should be some psychology. But he has to that. but he has this appearance of like he's so obsessive like he's so obsessive over the girl and and there's kind of like this weird but like Oh, I wish somebody would obsess over me that way, you know. That much. So, but it crosses FOMO. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. There's (laughs) there's some, there's, but it's some weird, creepy lines there that are being crossed. That you're like, "Mm, yeah, no, rather not. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no. Right.
1: Oh man. Well, um, I watched uh, season two of The Punisher. Oh,
0: okay. That's a series that um, you know, it's going to be canceled in a week. I'm sure. Yeah, because Disney. So that. I've been reading a lot of stuff in the uh-huh. broadcast world right now. Yeah. As well as on the streaming world and what's happening yeah. in that. What
1: what broadcast world? Exactly. <laughs> well,
0: we're getting so everybody's creating their own streaming platforms, which means we're going to be in the same situation we have been
1: with cable where exactly. we're at the paying you, per channel basically. It, that's exactly again, what's and, happening. Yeah, it's not working.
0: Netflix raised their price. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then Hulu dropped their basic price, but raised their, their, yeah. their live price. Why are they taking that on me? Yeah, I know. Like, I know. Like, come on. Like, really? I already pay more for no commercials. I don't need
1: to pay even more just because you want your commercial people to pay less. Right. Because it's. Come on. Cause it's it live. already wasn't
0: that, expi- that expensive, anyways. Yeah, it was, what, seven ninety nine. dollars 99 so. it's 5 nah, But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is. You know, it's funny because we talked about this, I think it was last week, week before we talked about how as filmmakers this is a, an amazing time to be alive because there's so many avenues and yeah, place, right? places to produce original content cuz everybody's vying for the best original content yeah. netflix is producing original content youtube's producing original content hulu's pr- i mean name name the platform and that and they that's that's what we're going to be paying for yeah so Disney's pulling all the Marvel stuff from Netflix. It's gonna be on the new Disney platform. Yeah, Disney and, Plus or
1: something yeah. like that. I can't remember what it's called. But so yeah. you're
0: gonna have to pay so you're gonna have to pay for your Disney Plus. You're gonna have yeah. to pay for your YouTube premium. Here, here's the you're thing gonna- is like Disney
1: I mean I'm feeding. I'm feeding the mouse, but they're probably <laughs> the only they're probably the only company I would actually pay on top of my Netflix and Hulu to have its own subscription. Like, mm-hmm. like if Universal or well, Fox, you know, is is Disney now. So, um, but that's what I'm. I guess that's what I'm getting at is Disney has Disney and Pixar and Marvel and now Fox yeah, they have a pretty and large... you know, uh, uh, Touchstone and all this yep. other stuff. And um, so I'm curious to see what that model will be. Is it going to be a pay per studio license with Disney? Or is it going to be like you pay – I honestly think I would probably pay 40 bucks a month if that gave me Disney's Unlimited. entire library. Right, yeah. Every studio, every video, every yeah. movie. Um, that to me would be worth it because, I mean, there's, there is there is a 100 years of, of – classics there i mean 100 years of just content that's worth paying i think for instead of me just building up my itunes and blu-ray library again so right yeah i mean i'll be curious to see but i wouldn't do it for everybody else that's my issue i think with streaming right now is now everyone wants to now i gotta pay for amazon and netflix and hulu was the original but now it's like stars and hbo yep. and showtime and and then now like fox has a thing and then um you know abc or whatever and it's like it's just too
0: i'm not i'm not doing that
1: right it's that's that's why i left cable in the first place exactly
0: so yeah because when your cable bill was 150 dollars a month yeah and then you're you're like well uh how much of this am i really getting that much use right. out of Maybe four channels that, yeah. I, that I consistently watched, right?
1: And none of it was ever when it was convenient for me, right? I had to make my schedule around it, which is why I think streaming and on demand has made such a huge, you know, uh, leap in content watching.
0: Yeah, but I think the golden age of streaming is is rapidly coming to an end. Yeah, it burnt out pretty quick. Yeah, um, I actually
1: there's there's something I would yeah I'll I'll talk about. So I, I brought up the Punisher, and I really like this series. It's um, it's slow and moody and it's more about the characters than it is the action, which is kind of, you know, probably a lot of people's complaints because it is the punisher. You think there'd just be nonstop gun violence and, and explosions and stuff. But I feel like this series though, I enjoyed watching it so much because of like the acting was just so solid. Like I just, I enjoyed, I enjoyed all the screen presence and to me that was that was more enjoyable than the other marvel shows to me um, yeah and there's a couple of really good actors um i like the guy that plays luke cage i think he's cool um and then you know the guy that plays daredevil uh, charlie cox i think he's great but something about those they always felt like i don't know i guess they always felt like superhero shows to me right and the punisher felt like something else um, I mean, I know it, I know it's not really a superhero show, but I don't know, I guess it, it felt, it felt more, it, I mean, it's not realistic. So I don't want to say that because I mean, the dude takes like 10 shots, you know, in, in the season or whatever, but, um, I don't know, it just felt more grounded, I guess, and more, more appealing to me because it was kind of a, a refreshing break between all the other superhero shows and content that we have right now, uh, which is, I think, I think like. That's one reason I like the John Wick series. You know, that's yes. its own thing, and it's it's not really trying to pull from anything else. Um, which brings me to um, us talking about the golden age of streaming coming to an end, and uh, this movie that I I tried to watch. Full disclaimer: I got maybe thirty minutes into it. I just had to shut it off. Um, it was it, it came out this this weekend that we're recording this. Um, it's called Polar, and it's mm. on it's on Netflix, and so it's Mads mm-hmm. Mads Mikkelsen's in it. Which I, I love that actor. I think he's I think he's terrific and everything he does. But man, I, like from the first shot of this movie, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. And it's just overly saturated green, like to the point where like your histograms and your waveform, like if you were going to ABC or whatever, would just be like illegal, illegal, illegal. <laughs> so I immediately was like, this color grade's weird. Um, and I guess it's based off of a comic, so I don't know if. The comic is this weird or an overstylized, but um the premise of it is that Mads is a hitman and he's in the Society of Hitmen, which that sounds strangely familiar as John Wick I just mentioned. But mm-hmm. um, this again, this comic could have came out before John Wick or the Kingsman or Kingsman, mm-hmm, right? Yep. Which is another comic, but um but yeah, it's it's just the opening scene is is these hitmen taking out an an ex retired like he's a retired hitman played by johnny knoxville of all people and classic um, it took it took four weird like like overly stylized like this like irish guy was overly ginger haired and like weird Mohawky ginger hair not even like a mohawk but like a faux hawk type of a thing and then um like this asian assassin that had like weird like triangle oh, kind of like highlander and, well, yeah, I mean,
0: did they have over-stylized characters yeah, in Highlander? Yeah, they were. I mean, they this, to you, me, know, you screams had the Spaniard, like, you had the Highlander, well, you had right, all these- Well, right, but you see, know, those the, guys, though- The Shogun guy or whatever. Yeah, but those guys, are
1: they're dressed kind of like normal people. Yeah. They didn't have weird makeup on. So these people no, looked true. like cartoon characters oh, is okay. what I'm getting at. Um, and I was like, okay, that's fine if that's what you're going to be throughout the whole movie. That's cool. I get it. Um, but I don't know. It just- uh, I guess spoilers for the first five minutes of 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 Polar, but it took four assassins to kill Johnny Knoxville. When there's like multiple times that a, like one of the assassins is a
0: sniper. Well, I'm surprised they were able to kill him at all. I mean, I know, you, jackass, you see, right? yeah. I mean yeah. that guy's he's, yeah unkillable. He's, un- <laughs> but he's like unbreakable. It was it was
1: just it was immediately. Like I was immediately aware of like, oh, the writing in this is going to be whatever it needs to be for the story, for the story it wants to tell, which isn't always great. Um, You know, sometimes I think obviously the story has to to progress a certain way. But this was like, oh, this was so hard to watch because there's there's the sniper that's out in the in the in the field or whatever. And he's got like 60 chances to just shoot giant Knoxville in the back of the head. And he, he doesn't, and he doesn't shoot him until he shoots him like the lower back. And I just had, I don't know, it was, it was lazy writing. And then mm. the, the three other assassins just walk up on him and start shooting at him. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's this weird situation that didn't really make any sense to me from like a story perspective. If you're going to set up, I mean, if you want to set up that like Johnny Knoxville's character is like this, this ex badass, like hitman Okay, sure. Then have like a fight scene. Sure. Um, but I, it was just, I don't know, it's just, it really felt lazy and very forced in the writing and the sense of like, well, we need to, you know, we need to introduce these characters this quickly. Okay, let's do it. The other thing that I I didn't dig was every time a new character showed up, it did that suicide squad thing where like the, this freeze frame and then like the title of the character comes up on the screen in like weird font. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm out. So my we're, so he
0: only made like made it well, we got through the first thirty minutes. Yeah, we
1: got thirty minutes in, and then uh, Mads mickelson's character kills a dog, and uh so my wife is like, "Okay," um, and then we get maybe ten minutes after that, and she just looks at me and she goes, "Are you done?" And I went, "Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> shut it off." I is I don't know. It didn't feel exciting. I'm. I'm I don't know. I I went on Reddit afterwards and was like, "Am I crazy?" And I, it seems like it's getting pretty poor reviews. Mm. Um, the guy that directed it, I, I can't say his name, um, but he he all he's done is like music videos, which isn't a bad gotcha. thing. David Fincher started out doing music videos, right? but David Fincher also is a genius. So um, this guy felt it just felt like he was maybe you know listening to some certain music while trying to shoot this and write this and I don't know it just didn't work for me so yeah um but that that brings me to just like us talking about the golden age of streaming dying and I think a lot of that is because there is so much content there's so much crap content too That's true yeah and so we're getting to the point now where Netflix is kind of just buying and releasing whatever and I feel like I feel like they could maybe I don't know maybe they could tear off and have like Netflix elite and all that that is, is like, I'm paying, you know, 12 bucks a month or whatever, but I'm only getting like HBO quality stuff. I would do that if it meant that I could fund better, better, you know, projects.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. You know, getting, getting like a Christopher Nolan or somebody which would never happen because it's Warner brothers is his love. But, you know, I just, I, I don't think, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm just tired of, of like just random crap getting plastered everywhere yeah and getting like kind of put on a pedestal and then i don't know i'd rather see you know higher intelligent and and more thought-provoking or i mean i i understand like you know sometimes movies just need to be movies and that's what the john wick movies are
0: well what did you think about did you watch a bird box no you didn't no it just it looked stupid to me i didn't have any interest <laughs> in it I, would, I
1: I already saw it it's called The quiet place and it was much
0: better from what i hear oh yeah yeah <laughs> I did watch bird box. That was another thing that I got to see. And, um, it was interesting. You never saw the, you saw a set of drawings. This one guy had of whatever the, the monster, a character in the movies had a drawing. Yeah. Okay. So long story short, some people from the mental hospital we're able to see the creature or whatever and not immediately try to kill themselves. That was the whole, and, and, but if you're a regular person, spoilers for bird box, if you, Oh yeah. Sorry. It's been out a long, it's it's been months. I really don't care that
1: we're ruining this because I've, I've talked to a lot of people that have seen
0: it and it just sounds like a mess. It, it, it's interesting. I mean, Sandra Bullock is in it and, Yeah, and she does a really great job. She is an amazing actress. She totally sells her part. And um, there's some, you know, I'm that. That's all I'm going to say about that. But normal people see the creature, their worst fear kind of takes them over, and they kill themselves. Okay. And but apparently, people that are mental can see it and then they become minions of whatever it is. And they're trying to get everybody else to see it because they think it's like the most amazing thing. That sounds like an idea that's better fleshed out <sighs> in a book. So here's the thing. So they're all, they basically lock themselves in this house. The These random strangers that are together, they find kind of a sanctuary in this house and then people knock on the door and they're like, don't let anybody in. And then, somebody lets someone in and then someone else lets someone in and the one of the people that end up getting let in is this kind of crazy guy minion yeah right and but but he plays it off like really well that he's not like so you don't know that but then as it, as he gets revealed he spreads out on the coffee table all these drawings that he has of the creature here's here's how you know it's netflix because the drawings look a lot like the shadow monster from Stranger Things. It was like, oh, my daughter and I, we're, we look at each other and we go, oh, that's the shadow monster from Stranger Things. Because you never see the the monster, actually. Which one in Stranger Things? Stranger Things. You know, you have the Demogorgon. And then the one in, the, the, in, the, in the, the mist big, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it looks like the one in the mist? Yeah. yeah the the big, oh, big okay. shadow the monster. Cthulhu looking. The looking. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And so you see pictures of, like, oh, yeah, that's the shadow monster. It's so a, same universe. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Just we're, yeah. we're in the Netflix U. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, man. But the, the it, it was interesting. I think I've enjoyed the memes mm, from mm-hmm. the movie. A There's been lot some good ones. More than yeah. the film itself. But. You
1: definitely don't even have to see the movie to understand them. I think it's yeah. that's been pretty good. But yeah, I mean, I just heard that it was kind of like a tonal mess. And then the editing you didn't have any surprise in the editing because almost everything is kind of revealed before you can, I don't know, like, like the, the, the second kid that she's walking around with is revealed that it, it's obviously her sister or whoever the lady that jumps yeah, in front it, of the trash cans kid is because like they kill off that lady early on. And yeah. so there's no, there's well, no surprise. Crazy guy,
0: crazy guy that that woman let in. He started opening up all the windows, and then he forced her to watch. So basically, two of them are pregnant. Mm. Sandra Bullock is pregnant, and then this other woman that they let in was pregnant. Now, she was okay, but she was just a little ditzy. Mm. and not, She's a few counts short of a six-pack, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's not the girl from Glass, is it? Um, No, it okay. isn't, No.
1: So I'm thinking of the one that jumps in front of the trash can or the trash truck.
0: Oh yeah, no. I was, um, that's the girl from Glass. She, it but, yeah. is, and she played Tanner Bullock's sister. I guess that's what I'm thinking. Who? Of. Yeah. Um. No. Okay. Different, different girl, different girl's kid. In anyway. Enough about that. Yeah. But to your point, you know, the quality of of I mean, obviously they're spending money. You've got A-list actors. You've got yeah. you've got great directors to to be able to produce stuff. Um. Let's not cut any corners. Yeah, especially if, especially since, like we're talking about the streaming age coming to an end, where the prices are going to be this what they what cable yeah. was ten years ago, even five years ago, and um, you're going to have all this original content. Your original content needs to be the thing that makes your platform sticky. Yeah, if if it if it isn't, then you're your sales are going to suffer. Your your stocks, are right? Because there's too yeah. much competition now. There is. I mean, back there when is. it was, it was pretty
1: much just Netflix. They didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah, and then Redbox I mean, and tried to kind of do a little well, bit of that, yeah, but, but they didn't really. But here's do the thing: right. Redbox doesn't do original content, though. But, not, not yet. <laughs> well, I hope they never do. So they will. <laughs> but I think what the what the issue is that Netflix got a little too big. I think too fast. No, maybe not too fast. I think that's fine. Um, But what they did is when they started out, they started out with original content and they were trying to compete with the, the other big high quality original content channels like HBO and Showtime and, and even like FX um, to an extent in in USA a little bit, you know Um, but now they're kind of like, I feel like they've gone this route of where they're not trying to compete with HBO in them anymore because they're bigger than them. Right. Um, so they're kind of like, Oh, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're too big. We can do whatever we want. We can want. do whatever we want. Matter, we're not yeah. actually not competing against anybody anymore. And I think that might be the issue is they, I think they need to kind of aim their direction back at HBO because honestly, if I could only have one channel, it would be HBO because game of Thrones, uh, oh, West right, world, yeah. um, yeah. you know, yeah. The quality C- crashing everything on that channel. Yeah. Like there's not a bad, like whoever is the, like, you know, the studio head or executive producer, whoever's choosing the projects that go on to HBO, they deserve everything they're getting yeah. because they're not, they're not just like, yeah, they'll get viewers or yeah, that'll they're whatever they're like, no, we have an image to uphold. And I think maybe that's the issues. Netflix doesn't really have an image to uphold because right. HBO has been around for 40 years and they know kind of what people expect from HBO.
0: Yeah, their filmmaking right. studio. I yeah, mean, I mean that's they're, they're they're
1: they Oscar winning or not yeah. Oscar winning, but you know, Emmy winning, yeah, stuff and true detective and just uh, yeah, the the caliber, there's there's a smaller quantity, but there's a higher quality right. on HBO. And yeah. uh, you know, I get it. I get you you need you have audience members and you're trying to get as much as you can because, you know, to be honest, there are people that like stuff that I think is absolute garbage and that's, that's, that's fine.
0: Well, and they're not filmmakers. They don't have the same kind of training that you have or the same kind of eye that you have. And, and that's fine. I mean, people have different tastes and that's okay. But I think there is a difference between people's tastes and quality. Oh yeah. Because you can have, you can have different types of stuff at the same level, the same quality level where you know, you may like something, you may not like something, and that's fine, and, mm-hmm. but when when the quality takes you out, because I suffer from that same thing. Like when I'm watching a film, if if the film can draw me in past behind the line because oh, yeah. I'm used to living behind the line, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that's a really nice dolly shot. Oh, that's a really nice jib shot. Right. Oh, that's a really, oh, look how they pulled back on that drone shot, really nice. Like I'm, that those are the things that are rolling through my head as I'm watching, but if I can get taken out of that, that means the quality is really good. Yeah. That means they've spent, you know, extra time and and energy Yeah. to to do that thing. I, I
1: think a really good example of stuff like that would be, you know, like um Curb Your Enthusiasm or Seinfeld mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. where where you don't you you have you have great acting, great writing where it's putting the story and the characters first. Yes. And then everything else is secondary. Yeah. Um, I mean, as much as I am a technical person, as much as I love cinematography, as much as I love color grading, I totally think that the story is obviously that's first priority. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think what a lot of a lot of things are doing again, going back to this polar movie that I tried to watch, um, it was it was trying to have a a a, v- a vibe and a feel to it before focusing on the story. Right. You know, and that's that's I think a lot of like what Michael Bay movies are and and a lot of just those kind of like brainless mo- you know, Rampage or whatever, you know, some of the Dwayne Johnson movies. Um, you know, I, I really like Dwayne Johnson. I think he's like he's actually underutilized in a lot of ways. Right. Um, but you know, I think I think a lot of people um a lot of filmmakers maybe don't they're not focusing so much on the story, just focusing kind of more on hits or Meat. candy or yeah Yeah. right and they're Mm -hmm. just trying to get something to become viral like oh man did you see this crazy scene from this whatever and and then people are like oh i'm gonna go check out that movie oh you know
0: what i like that movie Oh no, that rest of the movie is garbage and yeah it's just right uh, like in mission impossible where tom cruise is hanging off the you know the the, whatever the uh, there yeah there's the the plane and the the, yeah and the helicopter yeah you're right he's hanging off the plane and you know they highlight that in the in the trailer right but and I think a part of that too is, and I don't want to, I don't want to sound judgy, but I'm probably going to sound judgy. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> is, I judge all the time. <laughs> is just the general. I think because of this, this situation that we're in. I think because of there's so much garbage that there's being put out, and um, yeah, I mean, so here's the here's the problem, is that there's so much. Garbage that's being put put out there and like marketed, like in the machine and yeah. and force fed to people. I think it's dumbed down the audiences in general. No, I'm not getting specific. I'm not trying to slam anybody specifically, but I, I'm I'm saying that that. No, I think it's you're absolutely diluted. Right. The quality of content yeah. with filmmaking, with with mu- I mean, it's cross the well, board. Here's here's
1: here's my example I'll give to that. So you have you have um, two two schools of movies. So you have the Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I know you haven't finished, but it's you don't need to know that for for this example here. And then you have the Transformer movie. Okay. One is Well, which Transformer movie? It doesn't matter. Well, well, well not Bumblebee. Any <laughs> any other ones but Bumblebee because Bumblebee kinda of flopped. So you have you have Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is well directed, well acted, story is interesting, story is is well thought out. Yeah. Um it, the cinematography is incredible, the score is amazing. Like but it's a home story run. Sits it's a home run. Yeah. Story sits out front. And then you have the Transformers movies. Now, I know I bring up Transformers a lot. It's an easy target. It's easy example. Everyone's seen them. Everyone knows about them. And if you're listening to this type of a podcast, you kind of have a feel for them, as I do, too. But Transformers movies make a billion dollars. Okay? The Blade Runner movie, barely I think it barely made $200 which was like its budget. So that's, that's, that's kind of the world that we live in now. Right.
0: Is that right? You have Venom a lot, right, blows Venom, up for exactly. eighty million dollars the first weekend. Yeah, ridiculous. Right, and 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 movies that were had more substance yeah. and more quality, like *Stars Born*, mm-hmm. didn't do as well first. Week. Right, like yeah, or like *Beautiful Boy*, or just
1: anything that is yeah. is well regarded. I think from I think what happened was that. You know the internet is to blame, I think, for a lot of it. The internet, and that is to blame for a lot of things, but um, the internet will let anybody be a critic, sure. and so now you're a critic on Twitter and or on a podcast, like here we are, right? <laughs> but um, so I mean, we are part of the problem, but at the same time, now you have anybody can say, oh gosh, you know that movie was was terrible or that movie was awesome, and they could get you know three thousand retweets, and. There's there's an issue there where you're look, I don't think movies need to always be this cinematic um auteur masterpiece for everything that they are. There there's movies that you just want to sit down and you just want to you want to go, yeah, "Man, that's ridiculous. This is right. fun." Yeah, and every
0: film's not going to be an
1: opus. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Yeah, not everything has to be Citizen Kane. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is though that you now have more people able to view more content right because there's more ways to get that movie than there used to be before right. Right it used in to your be, pocket yeah, yeah before it used to be people had to go to a theater or wait two years for the vhs to come out or whatever <laughs> you know i'm exaggerating a little bit but yeah um or if you were a you know a, a movie critic like people actually paid attention to movie critics now rotten tomatoes is a joke If if I see a Rotten Tomatoes score of like forty percent on a movie, I'll be like, you know what? It's probably not that bad of a movie. Now if I see, yeah, I ignore Rotten Tomatoes. It's this weird. It's 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 the internet rating system that I don't think is good. And besides, like something could be scored as a as a sixty one percent and be considered fresh from that reviewer, even though that's a D. Like that's not a good rating. It isn't. And I just don't like the rating system as a whole, but I also think that it's created this weird culture of, you know, oh, Rotten Tomatoes represents the average person. And, and I don't think it does. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think the they average person thinks they, they see the tomato
0: score and they're like, oh, yeah, but... Uh-huh. Then
1: sometimes they don't even they don't even care
0: about it. Yeah, there's some friends that I that they w- will only go see a movie that's got a, that's got a great score. I don't like they yeah. like that's their gauge. They but the they, thing
1: is I have to go and I'll sometimes I'll go and I'll look at uh, tomato reviews, Rotten Tomato reviews, like the actual reviewers, and it's like Joe Smo whatever in Cincinnati Bugle. Like why is why are we? relying on whether a movie sells or gets distributed or has potential. Like we put way too much power in these Joe Schmo reviews. Oh, exactly. And, and I think that's the internet doing that. And yeah. I, I mean, don't, because man, right. Right. Yeah. Cer- way certified fresh. And it, it's, it's a fantastic film. It only got nominated for three things for the Oscars. Oh boy. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into that, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like you, you have that and then you, you just, you don't know, you have these, you have these ramblers that just all they want to do in the review is just bitch and moan about a movie and they're not actually providing. I, I feel like they're not providing any substance mm, to why yeah. you should go and see this movie. Right. Yeah. And to me, that was, that's the difference between the classic reviewers. Yeah. Siskel and Ebert. Oh yeah. You know,
0: those guys like men on film. Right. And <laughs> they, Wait, what? <laughs> Living—that was a living color reference. Oh, man! I'm film, <laughs> I was thinking That's of two snaps up in a circle. <laughs> yes, living. Okay, now I remember.
1: Anyways, um, but you know those guys—they would actually—they would break down the movie. They would talk about substance in the movie, They'd talk about yeah. the story and the character yep. arc. Whereas yep. you know, I'm, I'm looking at these Rotten Tomato reviews, and it's just like, oh, it's a mess. And they're just full of puns. They're just trying to make the movies. Title into a pun that works with the review. Right, and there's such snapshot reviews. I just there's maybe three reviewers like in the whole world right now that I even care about, and it's like maybe Rolling Stone, maybe Variety. You know, it's and, and even then sometimes I'm like, I don't know, man. Right, yeah. But we've put too much power in that, and we've also put too much um, power in in just trusting some 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 cool cool that's not what i wanted to say some some idiot in his mom's basement that you know just wants to trash a movie because maybe it has a strong female character right and then that that builds up so much steam because there's a bunch of other idiots in their mom's basements that they also hate strong female characters anyways that's a whole other thing but i it, all that to be said roundabout way of saying it is i think the internet has ruined in a lot of ways our our ability to to distribute fine quality movies and tv yeah. shows and programs
0: yep yeah. yeah and in the same way like i mentioned earlier with it's a great time to be a filmmaker because you have all these opportunities it's also a bad time for film because all of those opportunities right meaning that you're going to get a lot of trash yeah because you know it's like mtv in the beginning yeah problem with mtv in the beginning is even though it was it was like cutting edge like oh sweet i'm going to see they they lacked content right in the beginning like they would put yeah, up they were taking any, anything. anybody that had a yeah. music video because people didn't have music videos back then right. because there wasn't a channel for that and then so when it came out there was a lot of garbage initially and you know obviously people the more reps you get you're going to get better and yep. the, people are going to invest into that and it becomes a thing which which you know as it, it grew and then now it's not even a music channel and now it's a reality no, tv right. uh, platform it's t- but it's team mom channel but but the uh, the, the, the point is is that because we're we're in a like to your point with the garbage. There's so much more garbage out there now because there's so many more opportunities yeah. to produce it and not just produce it but distribute it. Yeah. So anyway, and I think you know. Um, well, speaking of distribution
1: and and movies getting out there that are good, um, we saw a movie that we. Yes. That I'm actually I'm actually surprised, you know, in this day and age, that a documentary gets a theatrical release this big. Right. I mean, it went into IMAX. Yes. And um, it's of of course the movie we're talking about is Free Solo. So we're going to talk about Free Solo this week. Yeah. Um, and I, I know I mentioned on Instagram, if you follow that at all, that I was we were going to talk about Glass also, but that we're going to save that one for next week, um, and just get into Free Solo here, um, which. I didn't get to see an IMAX, but I did get to see it. I did get, I did get to see it in the theater, which I was very fortunate. I, I saw to it in to. both. I, oh, I, saw, okay. I
0: saw it in an IMAX and then I saw it in a regular digital. Yeah. So I saw it in 4K projection at least, yep. but yeah,
1: it was, oh my gosh. Um, so free solo follows, uh,
0: what's Alex? Alex Honnold. Honnold. If I'm saying that right. Honnold, H-O-N-N-O-L-D, who about six months ago. Climbed El Capitan, which is in Yosemite. Was it really that recent? It was that recent. Yeah, that was twenty seventeen. No, that was his first attempt. That's when he first went up and then he bailed on it. Oh wow! I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah, you're right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if if you're familiar with rock climbing, El Capitan is kind of like the pinnacle center of. All things, I mean, that's like the epic climb, and it's a multiple pitch, thirty-two hundred feet sheer granite face. That was the thing that I didn't realize
1: that the El Cap was made of granite. Yeah, and I was like, well, no wonder this is so hard to climb. It's just this
0: smooth rock. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're insane to want to do this with no gear. So free soloing is no ropes. Yeah, nobody else. It's just you your 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 mental faculties and a chalk bag yeah and off you go man this movie um wow
1: incredibly interesting into just kind of like the psyche of getting into these kinds of people yeah. Because kind of throughout the movie he he um Alex he interacts with a couple other climbers. Yep. And all of the crew is is climbers also. So yeah, that, they're that was all professional cool. climbers yeah.
0: that also are filmmakers, which I thought was cool. Yeah, that was really neat. And um they oh, needed and, to be because yeah. of where they were gonna be at. <laughs> and the main
1: director is um Jimmy Chin. Jimmy Chin, and then another um another is another director too. I, I cannot pronounce her name, but it um it's Elizabeth Chai. Vazzarelli maybe that might be it.
0: Wow. That sounded good. Um, We're going to go with that. <laughs> yeah. But
1: she's won awards for other documentaries. Another rock climbing one was called Meru. Um, I think I'm saying that right. But yeah, I mean um this, the psyche, the psycho, the psychological element of this movie. I didn't, I wasn't really expecting, Yeah, um, but it gets into why Alex is kind of the way he is. And yeah. um, you know, his, his relationship with his dad and, um, kind of why he is a little, he he seems a little hollow inside and it's, it's gotta be weird. It's gotta be hard to be in a relationship with this guy, which we see in the movie, you know, he's got his girlfriend and you know, she's, I guess what you would consider normal emotionally and he is not, he is, he's, he's cold, but that's not at any fault of his own. He's just wired that way.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I, Cold is probably not the the word I would use, but um, um, not not, I mean that's a good descriptive word. I think I, I want to for whatever reason there's a connotation that could necessarily come with cold that I wouldn't assign to him. Sure,
1: but, you're right. And but but there is like an, a second, maybe but, yeah. emotion.
0: There's not there. Yeah, there's well, not a lot of emotion. Yeah, there's there not a,
1: there's not a great way to I guess pivot into bringing this up. But yeah. It's insinuated that he he might have um, Asperger's or mm-hmm. well I guess they don't label that anymore but he right. might have a form of autism
0: right because his dad was yeah
1: his dad was not was not ever diagnosed but yeah. he but they considered like once they knew what autism was they were like oh yeah he was probably you know autistic. So and his dad died when he was 18 or 19, yeah. 16, I can't remember, but yeah. um, so yeah, he holds a lot of like, you know, his dad's personality in his own for sure. And you see it, you can, you can definitely tell and you know, a common, a, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's look, I'm not an, I'm not an autism, you know, ex, you know, specialty person. I don't, I don't know nearly enough about it. Um, but from what i what I do know um you know there's there's high functioning forms of autism, and then you know sometimes autistic people they do they do kind of get married to a hobby or uh something you know that they do, and then they when they do it, they can't do it any other way, but to the absolute most excellence that they can
0: well and and be that the case, I mean Alex is clearly the best rock climber yeah. in the world now it's Tommy Codwell Caldwell who he trained with was is is right there next to him yeah and um and Tommy in, though total polar opposite personality yeah eyes. yeah really interesting
1: to see yep. that kind of dynamic between them two mm-hmm. where yeah Tommy's like I don't know if I'm going to see him again and he's like getting really emotional right, And yeah. yeah it was a total total 180 compared to Alex
0: yeah and I think what was you know he did so. Alex did a TED talk uh, a few months back, and I watched the TED talk actually before I went and saw the film. and And in the TED talk, he says, you know, you know, there was a question about, you know, how how could you do something that was so like far fetched and like a lot of people die using ropes, right? On this on El Cap every year. Well, he and, broke his ankle or whatever. Yeah. And, um, which caused some turmoil in their relationship because his girlfriend was belaying him and like, whoop, Oh, the rope slipped through her belay rig. Yeah, that's kind of a problem. Um, but his, he made this statement and he said, preparation removes all doubt. Mm. Um, and if you remove doubt, then you'll remove any opportunity for fear because doubt is is the seedling for fear. And, you know, cause they were talking about how do you overcome the fear? And it was preparation. Right. And the amount of preparation that he put into, like he had every handhold, it's insane. Every foot position, memorized, completely memorized. And there's yeah. thousands of them. Oh, like, these yeah.
1: little tiny. Yeah. It's going through his just, journal and he's yep. writing notes for each thing. And he's just, he's just had listing com- it off. Had it completely mind. Yeah. memorized. Oh my gosh. So that it, was so impressive.
0: And, And he went up and he worked that route over and over and over thousands of times with Tommy, without Tommy. I mean, he knew, he knew that in his sleep. Yeah. He, I mean, he did practice a
1: few times, quite a few times with, you know, with gear. Yep. And so he knew going into it and the absolute just commitment to it. It was really impressive. Um, You know, and he knew, he knew when it didn't feel right and he knew when it did, and the, you know, no spoilers because he, you know, the dude's still alive. He didn't fall off. Right. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he, he makes the climb and the first attempt that he does, you know, he gets I don't, maybe not halfway, but like no, a quarter was, of the way, maybe. Yeah. He was like 500 feet up. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not feeling it. And then he just calls it right then. And yeah. I had a lot of respect for that because he wasn't like camera crews here. I got to do it. Like right. he could have, he could have easily died and you could tell yeah. when you're watching, you could tell his mood was different than the rest of the movie that you had seen leading up to that. Yeah. You yeah. Cause pressure, was the pressure, the camera yeah. crews are in place. He was all not this, feeling yeah. it. Yeah. And so then when he makes the actual climb though, I mean, he was on, and like, it was just, it was just him and the rock. Oh my gosh! Yeah. The,
0: the cameras weren't even there. He in didn't his even head. react to. Yeah. I mean, it,
1: it was it was a night and day difference between other the than first the smile the, after
0: the boulder problem, and right. the Karate kick, which yeah.
1: understandable, you yeah. should be excited about yeah. that. Um, and then the the people that were camping up there and like, oh, right. the guy in the the unicorn right. sleeping <laughs> or whatever was, yeah, onesie. That, that was oh, awesome. <laughs> that guy's immortalized forever now. Right. But. Um, yeah, I mean this movie, it was there, there, I was talking, I was talking to you about this, uh, after we watched it and, um, I was like, how do they get, you know, how do they get some of those shots? Um, there's, there's quite a few shots where it's like a wide of El Cap with, with Alex on it and you don't see anything of the rest of the crew. I'm like, well, they had to have, you know, CGI them away, um, you know, mask them out or whatever. But yeah, the thing that, that really impressed me was that because they got these rock climbers, that were also filmmakers they were able to they were able to repel down they were able to get these really cool yeah like parallel to the mountain shots mm-hmm. where all you see is just out of focus trees in the background yeah and it was and the drop off
0: to oh my gosh know right yeah oh.
1: there's there's one point where he has to do kind of like this like vertical climb or horizontal i guess climb almost where he has to kind of go up at like a 45 backwards though oh right yeah and the overhang the overhang right Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my gosh but the camera shot is it's like just right there with him and uh, it was just incredible um i don't think it's an overly amazing looking movie you know right it it does look like a documentary yep but there's nothing wrong with that again going back to the story yep story is the most important here and um it doesn't feel like a story either that was like found in editing I think they had a plan going yeah. into it, and they, yeah. and they knew what they were doing. So, yep. I, a lot of respect for that. But um, you know, it's, there's some really incredible camera angles, and there's just some very just normal camera angles too. And they're using, I think they're using C300 Mark Twos. Mm-hmm. They shot it all in 4K, so they're using C300 Mark Twos on the mountain. And then there's a guy on the ground who's using, I think, an Ursa.
0: Oh yeah, 4K. The guy that
1: couldn't watch. The guy that couldn't watch yeah. during the boulder problem. Yeah. yeah. so... The boulder problem is if you haven't seen it is this moment in the, in the mountain climb where you have to like kick your leg as far out as you can. And then just use the pressure between your hand, which, Oh wait, I'm sorry. Not your hand, like
0: your thumb.
1: Yeah. Yeah. your Yeah. The wall.
0: Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, you, it's you, so you, stressful. You've got to see this. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Um, the editing to it though is great and there's these really cool like
1: motion graphics that they do where they 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 drone out away from alex yeah and then it turns into this clearly not clearly i mean it looks great like 3d version of showing you the magnitude yeah it's showing you can't even see him the last shot when he finally gets to the top and they they drone out and you can't even see his little red shirt
0: anymore i'm like this is insane how high up that is yeah I
1: mean, just crazy and just
0: amazing. That was so cool. That's what took me out of the... So I, I've rock climbed in the past. So not El Cap rock climb, but I've climbed multiple pitch climbs before. So I'm familiar with the, that world, Um, obviously, in the filmmaking space. So um, that's what took me out of the technical. I was when they started filming the camera guy on the bottom. Yeah. And he was like, I can't watch because he was a climber too, and he's filming this, right. and and the whole thing about like there's this this fear, which I think was was a they did an amazing job yeah. of because it's not just a documentary about Alex climbing, no, it's also a documentary about Jimmy Chin and his crew, right, f- doing the documentary. Which I
1: wasn't expecting at all going into it. Neither I thought it was, was going to be Alex and his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, and maybe some other climbers, right. But that really, yeah, made the story for me to see these guys that this is their job to film climbers being scared, right, and showing their yeah. emotion on it. And I think that was so cool by Alex not having much emotion, really, um, because of just how he is. Seeing his friends, you know, because these guys all knew Alex. They've all yeah. been around him for years, and yep. just to see their like oh man, I can't watch this. I can't. Oh, And even. just
0: describing like, yeah. I'm in the middle of this film shot and then he falls out of my frame. Like, right. uh, like how, right. how, and the guy in the ground just could not walk. Like, yeah, you, Hey, hang on your camera you're the camera op you need to be monitoring what's going on in the yeah. camera and half the time he's turned away yeah because he he'll can't look watch. every like, once in a while just, but he's like I, can't. I i i can't and yeah. and you just felt what he felt and in that moment and a, that's what took me out of the the technical yeah and there's
1: another great scene i think where i probably switched into like i don't care about how they're shooting this anymore is there's a scene where they're talking about you know leading up to i think it's 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 before even the first attempt and alex is like yeah don't don't pan if if i if i if i fall don't pan with me just stay where your shots are and him and jimmy and another guy are talking about oh it. right yeah and nobody wants to see that we don't want us you know nobody's yeah. gonna ever want to see that and none of you are gonna want to see that none of you are gonna want that memory no. in your head or whatever he yeah. says something like that and then they all just kind of sit there in silence and then alex goes all right ready to go and then, uh, but, but yeah, those they're like guys, welling up. The other, yeah, ga- yeah right. like <laughs> it just made it. It it made it so real. Yeah, and there was so much emotion behind it that you felt like, gosh, you were like, oh my gosh, you know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to see that because putting that, it was almost worse for the viewer mm-hmm. in in a, in a in a good storytelling way. Yeah, to to have your imagination. Mm. Feeling what that would look like as oh, opposed yeah. to actually seeing it, even yeah. though it didn't happen it, it, yeah. you know, it wouldn't have but you know you're, as a viewer you're now you're you emotion and you're you're being more afraid because of what you yeah. your brains you creating. want to talk
0: about actually feeling and I think great films make you feel something yeah and you felt fearful and anxious. I have never sat in a movie where I was like literally anxious most of the time yeah i'm like because well, even though i knew even though right. i'm like i saw the ted yeah. talk before i went to the <laughs> yeah. film the guy's still alive i yeah. know that i know the end of the story but at the same time it's the journey right it's the journey and the process and like you said i was surprised that it was just as much of a documentary about the film crew and and their process as it was about alex and his journey on on climbing you know free soloing basically yeah. l cap that nobody's ever done right so it was amazing yeah. um i think i think it's great
1: storytelling and i think it's it's just another one of those um again i think that's that's probably the theme of this episode is, is story over over imagery you know yeah. and it it has some gorgeous shots in it and it has some some um some great color grading every once in a while but um, to me it didn't feel consistent in its color grade so that kind of bugs me but Yeah probably I didn't because care. of the Canon versus yeah, the Yeah the Black Magic, yeah. and just they're in different situations throughout the whole thing and Yeah. Um you know it it definitely feels like a documentary it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like a uh, like a cinematic thing but it doesn't not feel cinematic either you know there there's but all that to be said I am I'm, I'm not saying that to, to cut it down I'm just saying that even without that kind of like, you know, the style over, it had substance over style. Yeah. And that's what drew me in. And that's, to me, I think that's what's always going to be King is yeah. story. And yeah. I was there, I was in it and I, you know, I wanted, I wanted him to make it to the top of the mountain. And I feel like my heart didn't beat until he was on top of it. And even
0: when he was on top of it, I'm like, bro, you're
1: a little close to the leg. <laughs> yeah. Right. Why don't you get right, over right. here before you start <laughs> right, jumping right. up and down, you know?
0: <laughs> but And he showed emotion. Right. I mean it was it was subdued for for what you would think from for a big for him, that. but right. it, but yeah. it was you still felt it and it was like you knew yeah. yeah you
1: knew because of how excited he was that it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: and it changed his life. Yeah. 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 It did.
1: Mean, so I mean it's an, it's an incredible documentary. Um I think I think a lot of people can learn from this of like how to interweave even the filmmakers, mm. um, because mm-hmm. there's there's so many times where filmmakers in documentaries, they're not just they're not always just hired guns. Right. There's a, there's oftentimes a very personal connection between the main filmmakers and the project they're working on.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think that's an interesting way to look at it. Don't be afraid to maybe bring your your, your, your thoughts and your process and maybe, you know, any emotions that you're feeling into that, if it works to help tell
0: that story. Absolutely. And I think you bring up a good point. I think the, when, when we see directors that have relationships with the people that they're working with and, and that goes true, not just with the actors, but with the, with the crew, Mm -hmm. with, with the, with the AD and um, everybody else that, then it's going to be, a better, that's going to translate.
1: Right. I mean, it's why you see so many people working together on multiple projects.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to mind with guardians, with James Gunn, I mean, to to see all the, the, the outpouring of the actors really showed me the, the depth of relationship that he poured into, yeah. into that crew. It wasn't just a director. It was, He wasn't. He was a friend, right? Yeah. There's, there, there's, there was, there was, so, there was something more that was there. And I think the best directors are going to recognize that. And yep. they're going to pour into those people in, in that way. Now they still have a job to do and there's still those responsibilities. Yes. But if, you're gonna make the best project possible you're gonna invest that time yeah and in, in your heart and your in everything that you are into those into those people for sure because the, the ones that do that make those sacrifices they the, the people that are working with them are gonna give their best for them yeah I know I do right I mean no it's a really it's
1: a really good point I mean yeah build up your build up your friendships with your professionals. Yeah, um, that you're, you know, that you're working with on a constant basis, and, you know, I think, I think it was James Gunn. I might be, I might be quoting this wrong, but I, you know, he said something like, you know, I, I don't, I don't have to worry about whether the movie's going to look good or whether the movie's going to, um, you know, sound good or the color or whatever is going to be good in it. You know, I surround myself with people that I trust with that. Yeah, and then it lets me, as the director, um, focus on the story and the and the actors. And I think that's an important thing to think of too. Is like when you're into when you're in a project, surround yourself with people that you trust yeah, that you're on the same huge. page with because they're thinking with you. So like that DP already has the director's thoughts in his brain. Like they are this, they should be the same person at that point. They've worked together long enough where they've had enough pre-production or, you know, enough, enough drinks leading up to the, to the movie production. And, you know, I think, I think that's really important, you know, is it needs to be more than just a job for a good story to, to come across.
0: Right. Like, you know, and you see that time and time again with, with great movies, you'll, you'll see the same core crew on, yeah, from one one set to the to the next, where you're like, oh, okay, they've they've built that rapport, right? Yeah,
1: yep. That's why Denny Villanueva, I think I'm saying that right. All of his movies look amazing, you know, because he's had Deacons on almost every single one of them, Roger Deacons. So, yeah, um, which, yeah, he's going to do Dune. I don't know if Deacons is on that though, but he's gonna do it. Oh,
0: is it Dune reboot? He's
1: gonna do redo Dune. Wow. two movies, yeah. So that will be interesting to see. Uh, David Lynch's was weird, but. I guess Dune is weird anyway, so. It is
0: a weird film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, anything else on Free Solo? No, I highly recommend Oh it. yeah. You gotta see it from if you're a filmmaker or uh documentary filmmaker or even just story. somebody that loves yeah. a great story and loves a great movie. This is this is this is a keeper. Yeah. This is go buy you yep. know, a copy of it if it's a download or whatever. Yeah. Um, this is something that I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit time 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 and time. I,
1: I think so. I think it's something that I will go back and be like, you know, how did they, how did they do this for this? How did they convey this in this moment and then yeah, I'll be like, Oh, okay, that's what they did. How could I apply that to my project? Yeah. It's it's definitely it's it's a lesson. It's it's definitely a lesson absolutely yeah great
0: um, film to study yeah you know for for your no film school or your film school or whatever yeah, right and uh we'll talk about it a little bit more next week but it is
1: nominated for best picture so yeah. hopefully it wins i haven't seen any other ones um won't you be my neighbor didn't get nominated so that's a bit of a weird one but yeah. uh you know we'll talk more about oscars next week
0: yeah we're gonna Uh, we're gonna (laughs) we'll we'll complain a little bit more about oscars
1: next week uh neither of us like it so that'll be a fun one stick around for but uh eric some for more personal reasons than others you have very personal reasons but Mm -hmm. i like to think mine are personal they are
0: they are (laughs) on a on a metaphysical Mm -hmm. (laughs) way yeah but uh eric you got anything else um no, I think that's it. I'm excited about uh talking about your prep for for Africa yeah. next week and I'm I'm excited about diving into Glass and um maybe Cold Pursuit, little Liam Neeson. Cold Pursuit. Oh, is that that one reason in Alaska or whatever? Yeah. Didn't yeah. they already do that? It's called The Gray. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyways. I mean you know, I'll be here all week. Yeah. boy. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Be here till Thursday. Try yeah. the veal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That's good. No, that one's good.
1: Um, yeah. I think that's, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week guys. So um, check us out. If you're online, everyone is. So check us out on Twitter, Instagram at the easy podcast or on YouTube at the easy podcast show.
0: Or follow Zach Abbott's on Instagram. Wow. Coming in hot. At Zach Abbott's. At Zach Abbott's. And Z-A-K. A-B-I-T-Z. Eric is at Eric Thurston. Yeah. You want to spell that? <laughs> you don't want to spell it?
1: No, I don't want to spell <laughs> it. I can't remember. Is it T-H-U-R-E-S-O-N? It, that it is. There it is.
0: Eric with the K. Eric with a K. So it's Mom had to be different.
1: Slow that down to half speed and uh, listen to me spell Thurston's last name, but... Uh, it'll be in the show notes, guys. Uh, We're speeded up
0: four times. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: Good luck listening to us. That's probably the only way you can listen to this is in, in speed mode, right? Like yeah. Like double speed. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Let's thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you next time. We're going to talk about Glass, the Oscars, and a little bit of tech news that just happened. Yeah. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Red and in, in, in Animos, in which the story is unfolding As we continually. speak. Yeah. So thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next time. All
0: right. Later.